You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome everyone to the PJ's Cast. I'm your host Pierce, joined alongside of Jimmy and Brad Crisco from the Wing Wheel Podcast. What's going on, guys? Uh, well, I gotta say, uh, really excited to have you on, Brad. Uh, how you doing? How's uh, quarantine been? Uh, it's been good. I work with the public, so I've been n- near death for like two months now. So life's pretty much back to normal for me, other than having to get changed at home for hockey. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I forgot they made us a bunch of home dressers now, yeah. Yeah, I can, do I, can, do. I can live uh, with being a nerd for a few months. If it means I can at least get on the ice, it's fine with me, honestly. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Have you watched any new, like, uh, Netflix shows, like, shows or movies or any new podcasts or books or any of that stuff? I got two kids. I, I watch nothing. I, I get to watch, like... <laughs> I get to watch about two-thirds of most playoff games. Uh, that's about my TV viewing right now. Me and my wife have started a five-season TV show four months ago. We are yet to start season four. <laughs> oh, no. What show, if, uh, I might ask? Uh, I, it's first time for her, but I'm rewatching it. Fringe. Back oh. To 2008. Okay. I, that was one of my personal favorite shows of all time, so... She said it sounded interesting. I'm like, yeah, screw it. I'll rewatch. Let's go for it. And like I said, <laughs> four months later, we're through three seasons. Oh, there you go. Yeah, four. Yeah, the uh, what should I say? The uh, every two day episode rate with two oh, kids. God, yeah. Was it about twenty episodes this season? So we've watched about sixty over four months. Yeah, that, that math adds up. Oh God, yeah, I nailed that. There we go. <laughs> That's why my mom's a math major. Awesome. <laughs> How have your kids been doing during this? I know Meek, Meek you just had uh, Henrik, I believe it was, your new uh, son, and obviously you have Mika, so how they've been oh, doing during awesome. this. Yeah, well, Hank's, uh, we we call him Hank the Tank for a reason. The kid's a giant for 10 months old. <laughs> yeah. He's he's doing great. Um, 
2038 draft for anybody paying attention. <laughs> and um, Mika actually decides, you know, exactly. I'm going to teach him to be a right-handed shooting defenseman. He'll go top 10 for sure. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Mika just finished her actual, actually finished her second day of school today and all oh, her, awesome. all her hockey gear came in last week. So she's oh, wow. starting that in a few weeks. So she's on cloud nine right now. She's having the best time ever. She doesn't even care that she has to wear a mask at school. All day. <laughs> That's so awesome. Yeah, good for her, man. That's awesome. Yeah, I have to say, uh, I have to ask, uh, what number is she wearing, 72 or 28? Oh, <laughs> no. Um, so she's only played in one league so far because for fundamentals hockey, she just gets like a blank jersey. But she actually uh, played, yeah. she actually played in a soccer league before everything shut down, and mm. she wore number 19. Oh, like her uh, favorite player, Jonathan Davis? Top 100 player, Jonathan. No, no, that's uh, so she's been to more of my beer league games than she's been to any of my senior A games. And I'm 28 in senior A, but I wear number 19 in the beer league because Stevie, obviously. So, uh, yes, sir. I think it was a coincidence more than anything, but if anybody asks, I'm going to say it was because of dad. (laughs) That's awesome, though. You love it. Love it. Oh, man. I haven't. I played beer league last year. I have not played there in a minute. Every year you talk about it, it just makes me miss it more, man. My God. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I'm going to leave it. Yeah, I can't believe I went. Well, this the shutdown really sucked for me because um, – and I complained daily about it, uh, to, much to my wife's dismay. But I haven't played any proper hockey uh, since October. Um, cause no first, way. Yeah, my first game in November, I, I had a game about two hours away, and I just got hit a funny ankle at a funny angle, and uh, basically my shoulder exploded. So oh, I was in I was in a sling for a while, and I was only back on the ace for about uh, two three weeks, um, just doing shinny, getting the feel back for everything before everything shut down. So I'm losing my mind right now. So I, yeah, I just I can only imagine. I got a text from the GM of my team literally yesterday saying that their the original date of December first restart has actually they're aiming to move it up. So I'm I'm stupid excited right now. That's awesome. Oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah, and you're so do you guys have like a travel kind of team? Is that what you guys uh, do out there? Uh, so I play on two teams. My beer league team's just like a ten minute drive, and we play once a week. But I play um in a senior double a league um that it, i think it's technically considered semi-pro um so we oh, okay. play all over southern ontario we're right in the middle of it which is nice so i don't have to go more than two hours either direction but if you're on the extreme ends it makes for some pretty long drives that is sick i've heard of those in chicago they're pretty hard to come across but uh i'm not surprised you guys is it a little more popular up there uh over in ontario or buffalo uh, depends on what team you go to. So, like, the team I play for, <laughs> we're lucky to draw maybe 50 to 100 fans a game, but there's a couple yeah. teams in our league. That you get fans. You get fans. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's basically Jeez, the cool. OHL for old bastards who didn't go anywhere. <laughs> I get my girlfriend, maybe. So, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> that's that's sick, man. That's awesome. Yeah. I'd love to check out, like, a, you know, I've always wanted to check out a game like that somewhere around here. Hopefully, I can find something. But that's that's really cool, man. I didn't know you played like that. Yeah, just uh, don't watch any of my team's games. I don't want anybody to know I play on the fourth line. <laughs> Uh, no, no, don't worry. I won't, uh, I won't tell anybody yet. Uh, I have to ask, I I brought up, uh, I I see the Athanasiu jersey in the back and this is uh, a funny little story because, uh, I don't, my my buddy here, Pierce, he got me into the Wingfield podcast 
he got me into that, and he's a huge fan of it. So I'm gonna go give him his little brownie points there. Um, but uh, he mentioned we we're having you on, and so I listened to a few of the podcasts, and I checked your Twitter account, and I'm like, oh, I see, I see the profile picture. He's got a cute little daughter. I'm like, oh, that reminds me of, and I look down, and I'm like, oh, no fucking way. His daughter <laughs> is the Aston CU fan. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that back when it when it came out, and I thought it was the, the coolest thing. Um, and I the first thing I thought is, oh god, I know he's going to get traded. So how is she handling that? So I don't know if you heard this story about when he got traded, because obviously yeah. when when I the video this. of her when the video of her um, surfaced of her cheering for the goal and it blew up and ended up on like TSN bar down and all that crap, which by the way, I'm I'm not, I'm not bitter at all that my four-year-old daughter is more famous than me, despite me being in this (laughs) for five years, not, not bitter at all. But, um, so we, we had tickets to a game, um, just the way our schedule worked out. The only game we could take her to this year was a February game against Calgary. Didn't think much of it, but it was the one game that lined up on our schedule where we could take her. Because she hadn't been to the new arena yet. So we're like, okay, we're going to go. She made this big sign for Athens to see you in warm-ups. It was great. Uh, the one thing we didn't pay attention to was this was the game before the trade deadline. Oh. The he got pulled from the lineup six minutes before warm-up. Oh. We had no idea. Oh, so- my God. I had already tweeted the picture of her in her jersey holding up her sign for Athens and everything. And, like, when we found out – when we did see him on the ice for warm-ups, I jump on Twitter. I see he was held out uh, for asset management reasons. And, like, needless to say, she wasn't happy. So then if she's not happy, I'm not happy. Yeah. And, yeah. and to make a very long story short, midway through the first period, I get a Facebook Messenger request. I open it up. The last name is Athens but the first name isn't Andreas. I'm like, what the hell? And I open it up. It's his sister. She's in the building, and she invited Mika down at first intermission to meet Andreas since he wasn't playing. So it sucked we didn't get to see him play, but she actually ended up meeting him out of it. So she was oh, on. That's yeah. beautiful. I'm so happy for her, man. That's that's actually so cool. Yeah, really sometimes, I that. yeah sometimes bad stories have happy endings. Oh, no <laughs> kidding. That is... Oh, that's beautiful, man! Holy shit! Like that's like a, that's an actual like fairy tale. Yeah, <laughs> it's so cool. And then, Disney movie. And yeah. then and then he got traded to Edmonton the next day, and I have to buy her an Oilers jersey. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you see, it's a happy ending, and then it's two hundred and something dollars out of your account afterwards. So. Yeah. But two happy endings <laughs> for her. So obviously that's the win, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I just dropped like five hundred on hockey equipment for her, so I can't complain about the jersey. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, so well, I wanted to uh, get into the hockey, which probably won't be as fun whatsoever as this uh, just was, but um, because both our teams are uh, dumpster fire right now. So I I'm kind of curious. So this being you know a Blackhawks centric podcast, I'm kind of curious what what do you see of the Blackhawks like of their situation right now? Where do you see them moving forward? Do you see them like trending up? Do you kind of see them staying kind of where they are and just kind of floating in mediocrity, which is where I think they are. But uh, I just kind of want to hear your thoughts as an outsider. And now, uh, obviously, no bias whatsoever because the Hawks and Red Wings have never had a rivalry. So, <laughs> I mean, with Doc, Debrinkit, Kubalik, Bokefist, um, uh, what's the name? I'm forgetting his name. The guy coming out of – the college player coming out of Denver. Mitchell. Ian, Ian Mitchell. Mitchell. Yeah. From Alberta. With, yeah, with, with <laughs> that in the pipeline, you damn well better be good soon. 
Yeah. Honestly, there's no excuses. I mean, I know you guys don't have an answer in net right now, but this is there's a few options in this draft for you guys maybe. But yeah, I, I, I don't love where the Hawks are at, but they're definitely ahead of where the Red, Red Wings are at, so I can't really talk shit on that one right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like admittedly, if anybody listened to our podcast going into the – uh, draft last year, I thought Doc at three was a bit of a reach, and I still we did too. Hey, we did as well. Yeah. I, I still do. I don't. I don't hate it. I had him in my top ten, and admittedly, with the season he had, he's probably moved up a bit from there. But still, didn't love it. But hey, he's a good player. He's a good asset to have. And again, you still have the the rest of the crew, and you guys won the lottery with uh, with Kubalik. So uh, the the pieces are there. Um, you got some albatross contracts that are going to absolutely burn you for a few years. That's, it, it sounds almost backwards to say, but this is maybe the one situation where the Red Wings actually have an advantage on Chicago because they have more albatross contracts, but they all end sooner. And they're, they're, not like and they're for less dollars. Yeah, so, it's just long-term. It's The money isn't that big of a deal either. Yeah, even And also added the no-movement clause for Seabrook, which is huge as well. It's funny, a listener on our podcast for our episode yesterday actually asked us the question, what would it cost Chicago? Uh, I like, listened painfully to that part. Yeah, to, to give us Seabrook. And I'm like, the it starts at two first rounds, and then you add from there. Like That, that yeah. is one of the worst, if not the worst, contracts in hockey. And I'm, this is coming from the team with Justin Hadlocator. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, oh, no. so all that being said, I still think the Hawks are in a better spot right now to turn it around quicker, but yeah. they're going to have to get creative and hope the pandemic lightens up soon so that they can wiggle with the cap. Because even, like, your two best players, Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze, it's yeah. not going to be long before those contracts don't look great either. And the yeah. difference between that, those two contracts and the rest of the contracts, is that's $21 million. That's a quarter yep. of your salary cap in two players who are on the uh, – well, Taze is on the wrong side of 30, I believe. I think Kane might They're be – uh, okay. Taze is 32 and Kane turns 32 in November, I think. Okay, there you go. So both yeah. on the wrong side of 30. Um, it's – yeah, it's going to be tricky. Um, but they got the prospects. They got the picks. If they can figure out the salary cap and they can figure out the goaltending, the rest of the pieces are there. Yeah, and I know you pay attention to. Sorry, I know you pay attention to the draft a lot. So uh, the Blackhawks are picking at seventeen, and uh, I'm wondering what you think would be a good fit for their for them at uh, number seventeen. You pray to every hockey god you know that Askarov falls. Yeah, yep. Because yep, there's not. I'm generally not a proponent of taking a goalie in the first round unless there's a desperate goalie need. And Chicago's one of those teams. I, I look at the entire first round of the draft, and I I think it makes sense for three teams. And that's it. But Chicago being one of them. That being said, I'm not betting he gets past Minnesota. Yeah, I don't think he does either. But that'd be awesome if he did. Uh, unless Minnesota's way bigger on Kakinen than we think they are. But yeah, it's it's going to be tricky. If not, I mean, best player available at that point. If they're picking 17, uh, a fit that I would really like for Chicago there would be Lucas Reichel. Personally, I have yeah. him in my mid first round, high skill shoots left, can fill out the left side, can hopefully um, fill one of those spots with one of, when one of the other guys ages out. And, and again, he's German. And he's German. And he's German. Uh, Just like Moritz Sider. Exactly. I, I, as much as I would love Detroit to get Reichel at 32, it's just not happening. So, and if it does, I'll be doing backflips. But, yeah, 
I mean, you got Kubalik, you got Debrinket on the right side, you got Doc on the right a uh, right shot, and you got Kubalik on the left side. So it doesn't really matter. There's not a huge positional need. There's pieces in place at just about every position for Chicago. So they're they're in the beneficial position of if Askarov is gone. Best player available. Do not overthink it. Whoever is highest on your board at that pick, go with it. Whether that's um, a Lucas Reichel, a Rodion Amirov. Uh, yes. That's yes. been our favorite, Rodion Amirov. I yeah. really liked him too. Yeah. I, again, not betting he gets to 17. If I go no. by my current draft rankings, my the guy I have at exactly 17 right now is Maverick Bork. Oh, so, I love Bork too. I love Bork. So let's go with Let's go with that for now. If the draft falls exactly as I have it, Maverick Bork. So I have to yeah, – well, I'll I mean, I'm, I'm not sure why Minnesota would be rushing to get Iskarov when they have Kemper coming right up, but, I mean, I'll understand. <laughs> um, I have they to already, ask they you, already got rid of him once. He ain't coming back. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, that's what I'm going for because for the longest time I was hearing from Wild fans, you know, Kemper's the future, Kemper's the future. They let go of him, and he becomes hockey Jesus. It's the best thing. Yeah. Also, the Kings not going to that. I'm just glad seeing the Kings. Well, no, they're getting better, but seeing the Kings suck for a couple of years was pretty satisfying. So they're going to be good, though. You know, they're going to be really good, and I'm probably going to enjoy watching them because they won't have total scumbags on their team. And Gabe Velarde is awesome. So, um, so obviously we just talked about the Hawks, but I'm wondering. Um, I know I listened to your podcast yesterday, and you guys talked a lot about the draft, but I'm curious. Um, obviously, Eisman went off the board last year with Moritz Sider. Um, I'm going to brag a little bit and say that I thought it was a perfectly fine pick because Sider has the highest yeah. hockey IQ in the first round. However, that being said, um, do you think Eisman goes off the board again this draft? And if so, who do you think he would be picking? Um, I'll preface this by saying I don't think he's going to go off the board this draft just because the, the Red Wings have – so many holes to fill and and their biggest needs are at forward yeah doesn't left wing center right wing doesn't matter they all suck in their prospect <laughs> system right now there's there's valeno master simone rasmussen and then not much else yeah. um at, at least not anybody that i would bank on being a top six player so sure, sure. when you get one of the historically strongest top fives for forwards and you're picking four I don't. I don't care which forward they pick there. Honestly, they they should pick one, and I think they will. There's been a lot of connections to the Red Wings and Cole Perfetti because he's playing in Michigan. Yes. Uh, Chris Osgood and Jim Devolano actually own stakes in in the Saginaw Spirit, so they'll know him really well. There's been some connections to Lucas Raymond, who <sighs> is unreal. Um, my no, my opinion, that's the guy you should be picking. That assuming the top three goes. Byfield shoots a Lafreniere. Yeah, no, I Raymond's my pick as well. I I flirt with Raymond yes. at number three too. He's he's my not my the best prospect on my board, but he's probably my favorite prospect on the board. I just love watching him play. I get visions of Mitch Marner and get excited. But he's better than Mitch Marner. But okay, yeah. per, Perfetti oh. would be a fine pick. I, like literally, <laughs> if they end up with Byfield, Stutzla, Perfetti, Raymond, uh, Rossi, or Holtz, I'm happy. I, I yeah. do not care which one. I'm happy. I obviously have my preferences. Right, right. Um, and ironically, the one spot they don't, where they do have some pretty decent depth, is with right shooting defensemen. So Blackhawks too. <laughs> Drysdale's the one, the one guy that I have ranked near my top five that doesn't make a ton of sense. Um, yeah. So, yeah. 
So that that might still happen just because they might have him as their best player. But yeah, I'm going Perfetti, Raymond, or one of the forwards all day. If Iserman reaches and he yeah. goes off the board, he's probably doing it for need. Um, and I mean, the Red Wings don't have a great solution in net either right now. So it wouldn't, it wouldn't be the biggest shock in the world to me to see them take Askarov, but... It's a long shot. It's a real long shot. It's a long same shot, guy, but I wouldn't guy, Same guy who took Vasilevsky back in 2012 as well. Yeah. 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 But you look at the way that draft shook out, it was the right pick because there was no players of impact, really, that were drafted after Vasilevsky. So I'm not going <laughs> to jump on the train of Iserman loves Russian goalies. There's a very <laughs> strong chance that was just the best player on their board. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sounds about right. So uh, I... Well, can I here? Um, sorry. <laughs> um, no, go ahead, man. Uh, so I'm just wondering how you got into uh, podcasting and what you've been kind of doing for a career. And uh, yeah. <laughs> oh God, podcasting! Uh, I got bored one day and threw up a post on Reddit and said anybody in Kitchener wanted to do a podcast, and I actually got a couple of responses. <laughs> no so <way>. wow. yeah, <laughs> uh, it's I, I'm. I'm that type of idiot where when something gets in my head, I want to do this. I just. I, I make it happen some way, much to my wife's chagrin. Um, <laughs> like, the only reason I'm playing hockey right now is because I'm the idiot forking over $1,500 a month to get ice times and then making everybody pay me. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's it, it, the, the older I get, the more I realize if you want shit done, you got to get done yourself. And at the time when we started this up in 2015, there, there were no Red Wings podcasts, like zero, none. And I'm like, really? hell, let's do it. We'll be, I'll be the one. Let's, we'll be the one. So we, we set it up, took off. You don't have to be the best if you're the first because we're five years in, got a huge listener base. We don't know shit, but people listen. So, <laughs> hey, as long as you're first, it works out all right, I guess. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then so, I mean, in a perfect world, this continues to grow and and we get some sort of full-time career out of it, whether it's on the podcast itself or, you know, someone wants to hire us because – the nice thing about being in this for as long as we have is we've got a lot of friends in the industry now in uh, positions uh, far better than ours. So, <laughs> um, maybe one of those turns into something in the future. But yeah, it's right now it's just trying to balance a full-time job, a family, and then uh, putting in as much work on the on the podcast whenever we can. That's awesome. What is your what has been your favorite interview to do? Like, what have <laughs> been some of your favorite people to interview on the podcast? Okay, so. I'll answer this question in two different ways because this, it depends on context. So I don't know if I'll ever do a, a cooler like fanboy interview than when we had Nick Lidstrom on. No I mean, way. He's wow. one of my favorite players of all time. I've literally got uh, his autograph. He's literally right Nick here. Lidstrom. You don't even have to explain, man. That's amazing. Yeah, even us Blackhawks fans have so much respect yeah. for him. Nick Lidstrom was my, my moment of like, oh my God, how the hell did we get here? Um, it was great. I told a joke. He laughed. I'm going to ride that high till the day I die. Uh, um, but like for most fun, so it, it's a cop-out answer because he's a friend of mine outside of the hockey media world. And we've had him on probably a half a dozen times, but uh, Steve Dangle. Um, oh, the big oh hell yeah. Player. No way. So he's He's been on our podcast so many times. Every time he's got funny stories um i forget what the episode title was but we had him on one i think last year and without spoiling it for anybody just find the episode where he told the taylor hall macaroni story 
was and just it's, listening to that. Oh my god, yeah, I remember that. It's the <laughs> hardest I've ever laughed at anything that's ever happened on the podcast, and we've had some dumb shit happen on the podcast. Um, that's good. And then beyond that, when we had Ron McLean on as a Canadian, that's just kind of like the another moment yeah. of shit. How do we Jesus, get here? That's cool. Oh my and god. Even though it and another one I'll mention, even though it doesn't, we've had him on twice, and it he never gets as many listens as he should because he's fucking hilarious. But we've had down Gro- down goes Brown on a couple times. Sean, oh Mallory, yeah, like yeah. Love he his is, Twitter. He is one of the funniest people in this industry, and he does not get enough credit for how funny he is. He has some good tweets. I, I recognize that. Yeah, oh, he's yeah. a funny guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's Man, my if, short list that comes to mind. If there's a Taylor Hall moment or story that can make me laugh more than his boating license suite, then it's got to <laughs> be great. Oh, it's it, the macaroni story. Tech, like it doesn't have anything to do with Taylor Hall other than he scored a goal. But everything that happened after it is amazing. It, it, it revolves around when he was playing for Windsor and he scored an overtime. Uh, and Dangle they, Man, Dangle looks like a damn story. He really does. Oh yeah, he's he's the best at it. Like he's a dude who sat in front of a camera, yelling about Leafs games, and somehow worked it, that up to a job at Sportsnet. So, yeah, yeah. like that's a genuine like inspiration you, for us. You have so to be cool. a funny bastard to follow that career path and make it work. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is Steve Dangle podcast. I've been listening to that since it started, and it's just weird because it started back in 2013. I was only like 12, and now they're they've been going forever now. And now I'm like almost 20, and then I've been listening to you guys for a couple of years, and like you guys are both the podcasts that uh, that I've been listening to that I've enjoyed a lot that inspired me to make one because. We've done podcasts on and off over the past couple of years, but then coming into like the whole COVID situation, I was just so bored. I'm like, all right, let's uh, take this seriously. And we've had guests on, like we've had Blackhawks beat writers, and uh, we've had uh, Allison Lucan on, we've had Chris Peters on, and we've had Kristen Shelton on again, and now we have you on. It's just been so much fun. That, but uh, yeah. Okay, two things here. One, yeah. we've had, I'll start by saying we've had Allison on our podcast multiple She's times. She's one of the. She is one of the smartest people in hockey, and everybody should be following her. And yes. two, I'm going to test your knowledge as to how long you've been listening to the Steve Dangle podcast. Do you remember? <laughs> this is going back to like 2013 or 2014. Do you remember an episode um, called Hockey Card Stories with Ken Reed? Yes. Yes, I do. Were you in that one? I was the other guy on that episode. That yeah. was that was no the way. one that started the Winged Wheel podcast because that was what You're gave me the taste for me. it. So Steve asked me to drive down to Toronto, be on an episode. So I literally got out of bed like 5.30 in the morning because I knew it's a one-hour drive to Toronto, but it was rush hour in the morning, so it took three and a half. Jeez, and, Christ. Yeah, Toronto traffic is only beaten by LA and New York. It's horrible. But uh, So Chicago I went down, Chester. recorded the episode for an hour or whatever with the guys hung out for a bit and then drove home. But that was the one that I'm like, oh, I have to do this. That was yeah. fun. So. Yeah, if you want to really, really break it down, what really started the Wing Wheel podcast was the Steve Dangle podcast. Uh, one particular episode back in, I think it was late 2013. I think it was 2014, actually. I think, it, it I, think might I was been. just listening to it, but it was a while ago. Actually, you know what? That timeline would line up because we started our podcast early 2015, so that would make sense. Yeah, and they've shamelessly ripped you off for years to come. It's insane. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's, oh, it's crazy. You said how... That's really funny, Pierce. That was actually kind of how we uh, 
we we connected and started to uh, talk about hockey and get to this podcast was the Steve Nagel podcast. That was I. Uh, we Peterson and I. I'm I'm from Chicago. He mentioned he's from Edmonton. We uh we just met in the replies on Twitter. We he had me to a group chat full of Hawks fans. We all started talking and uh, shit. We were just two guys. We're like we want to do we want to do podcasting, writing, and you know I've uh, had my fair share of concussions with hockey, and he's had his fair share with work and. So we never really got to make it work, but like you said, yeah, you know, here we are. And it's just, uh, you know, it's a small podcast and whatnot, but it's like, like, kind of like you said, it's just, it's so damn fun to do. It's just yeah. so damn fun. It's a labor of love. Yeah. Yeah. To test my Steve Dingle knowledge, I can say that I had, 2014, I had five Steve Dingle podcast episodes that I had downloaded from my computer and transferred to my 2DS just so I could listen to them in the road. <laughs> so... I can promise you we are we definitely can uh, have a little bingo card of Steve Dangle podcast to play with all of us together. Oh, that is awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, Pierce, you want to get into the uh, Twitter questions? Yeah, sure. So um, uh, just let me pull them up. So the first question, this is what it says. Mr. Brad Crisco, which players in this <laughs> upcoming draft would you consider NHL ready? And this is from our friend Liam at I Will Butchery, who is a doubles fan. Uh, okay, so obvious answer is Lafreniere. Uh, I will say I will say the next most NHL ready out of this draft is probably Marco Rossi. Yes, uh, sir. Which which you don't say often about a five foot nine guy who's not going in the top three, but he's he's an overager. He's a late birthday for this draft, so he's had the extra year of development. He plays a complete game, hyper competitive. Um, he's. 5'9", but he's 185 pounds, so he's thick with two Cs, so he can handle the physicality. <laughs> yes, uh, and so I would say him, and then I don't love the prospects for anybody else to make it this year. I'll give Stutzla an outside shot. Um, it, it's a below, well below 50% shot, but it's not zero. So those would probably be my three best bets. You gotta be careful of throwing around comparisons, but uh, honestly, when I see Marco Rossi, I see an Austrian Sidney Crosby. Just the way he's able to—he has a low center of gravity. Obviously, he doesn't have the skill talent of Crosby, but like it's just the way he's able to control the puck. He, even though he's not the biggest guy, he's just so hard to knock off, and he's a tank. And he you guys are He's and just fun. so well-rounded. Yeah, yeah. And, I see. I see Patrice Bergeron, but close enough. Yeah. <laughs> Stanley Cup winning center. Um, the next question, uh, this is going to be an interesting one. Make the argument, Perfetti versus Rossi, who is better, who is the better fit, who has the highest highest ceiling, and I'm assuming this is for the Red Wings, obviously. Well, yeah, they're going to be two of the prime candidates for Red Wings. Look at a four. Okay, the, the simple argument here is Rossi is most likely to reach his ceiling, but Perfetti's potential ceiling is higher. Um, if, if Perfetti can play just a touch faster and work out that wonky skating stride he has, he might be unstoppable. His hockey IQ is off the chart. He's a tremendous playmaker and an even better goal scorer. He's, he's the complete offensive package. And the one thing him and Rossi have in common is off the ice, they are absolute workhorses. They are the hockey nerds who live in the arena. If you let them stay in the arena for 10 hours a day, they would be there for 12. So... Perfetti has everything going for him, um, but because of the pacing and skating issues, there is a chance that he won't live up 
um, to his potential because it won't it will hinder his other skills from translating to the NHL. Whereas Rossi, the way he plays, is a little safer. Now, mind you, when I say that, people think I mean limited offensive upside. No, he has the absolute capability to be a point per game player in the NHL. So, but he has a dis, uh, responsible defensive game. He has every attribute you would want in a center minus the size. So in in today's world, he is the most likely to actually translate it to the next level. So that is the argument. How much do you want to gamble? If you're just going for whatever the raw talent is, your pick is perfetti. If you want to be like, yeah, we really can't afford to miss on this pick, it's Rossi. I have a question. If you think... Uh, Rossi is even just a couple inches taller, and even from Canada, do you think he gets top three consideration? Like, do you think his nationality plays a factor into into his uh like maybe not going as high as well as his height and size? Uh, I think his nationality has nothing to do with it. Thankfully, yeah. the, thankfully the NHL is over its xenophobic bullshit from the seventies <laughs> and eighties. Um, I, I think if he was six foot and put up 120 points in 60 games in the OHL, yeah, he'd be in top three consideration. No doubt in my mind about it. It's just his points were similar to Connor McDavid's draft year. It's just I don't I don't get all the hate with Mark Rossi, but yeah, so, he's definitely been one of my favorites. Well, it, it, you do have to factor it in though because his age is relevant. He did this um, yeah. in as yeah. and it's his 18 year old season in the OHL, whereas. Uh, guys like Perfetti and McDavid and whoever else you want to compare it to, most of the time, it was their 17-year-old season. So Rossi was the odd um, comparison because he spent the last two seasons before he went to the OHL in Europe. So it, yeah. we, we don't know what his 16- and 17-year-old seasons in the OHL would have looked like. It's uh, Again, you guys are from Chicago and we were talking about the steal before we recorded. It's the same thing with Owen Power right now. If, if there were no... Uh, professional hockey rules about 18 year olds or 17 year olds playing he'd be in this draft so this would be his draft season that we were looking at so it's the same thing you got to consider with Rossi he he scored way more points in the field but he was a year older so he should have and, and he, he had did. really good linemates in Ottawa as well so yeah but so it's just impressive to me that Mark Rossi isn't getting any more love than what he should be but uh yeah, I think that's it for questions. Um, do you have anything else to add before we uh, go here? And things? Uh, no, I mean, I can't really think of anything. Uh, Brad, just want to say thank you very much, man. You are a cool fucking dude. Yeah. <laughs> that's one way of putting it. <laughs> yeah, could you just um, – I'll call my wife down. Can you tell her that so she believes someone? I'll try to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Give me five right. minutes. I'll I'll do. Uh, I'll see if I can uh, convince her. I'll try for you, man. I promise. Yeah, I need someone in this household to not think I'm just the biggest fucking dork in the planet. <laughs> hey, we can we can definitely relate on a couple of things, and I I will uh, I will try to convince her as long as you promise me a spot in the fourth line, buddy. All right, deal. <laughs> All right, thank you, Brad, for coming on so much. It means a lot. The time, the fact that you took the answer and i again alongside of the steve dangle podcast the wing wheel podcast was one of the podcasts that even though i've had some dark times in my life it's helped me through some uh, tough times and just listening to it always makes me happy and the fact that you came on and it's also inspired me to start this podcast it means a lot so thank you for coming on and hope that your uh, family stays safe and maybe we could talk again in the future yeah man anytime just uh let me know and i'll always try and make it work yeah for sure thanks for coming on man 
Yeah, no worries. Take it easy, guys. Yeah, you too, man. Thank you.